Hello everyone, you are listening to Controlist Podcast. I am your HK. Welcome back to another episode. Super excited to have you all here. As usual, really appreciate you guys for listening. In this episode, I am excited to talk about why DevSecOps is critical for containers and Kubernetes. Alright, uh, with that, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, kick off for today's podcast, which is why DevSecOps is uh, critical for containers and uh, Kubernetes. But before that, in case if you haven't listened to my other podcasts, I highly recommend you to go through my previous uh, podcasts, especially Docker and Docker and uh, Kubernetes-related podcast, which should give you a fair idea and it will help you to connect the dots when you talk uh, uh, this episode. So... Things uh, move fast in today's world, even with uh, some slowdowns happening due to the uh, coronavirus. The world is uh, still changing rapidly due to the pandemic. Uh, so for all of us in business, our ability to be successful is really dependent on our ability to innovate. Some of the most common areas of innovation that we see today are AI for uh, strong recommendations, data analysis, data lakes being sure that uh, you're able to be globally available and uh, deliver your business in new ways. But the business uh, can't deliver on all these uh, transformations and uh, these innovations without IT. And uh, so for IT to succeed and uh, support the business, IT must be able to keep up uh, the pace of development and uh, innovation and the pace of change. So one of the most popular ways to move more quickly today to deliver applications more quickly is uh, with containers. Uh, container have a broad appeal because uh, they provide the ability to easily package an application with all of its dependencies into a single image that can be moved from development to test to production without change. This is a big deal. Historically, you would have to kind of uh, do all sorts of configurations on your test environment and then um, production environment and sometimes uh, there would be differences between those configs that needed to be made and uh, that would cause problems that would be isolated you know, um, be hard to isolate and figure out. Furthermore, containers uh, can be deployed anywhere uh, the host operating system runs, so they can be deployed again without change to a VM, to a public cloud, a private cloud, bare metal. Of course, uh, containers uh, should really be effective to meet the scale that enterprises uh, need uh, a container orchestration platform. So you need uh, Kubernetes. Uh, Kubernetes has uh, won the orchestration wars, uh, it is the most prominent container orchestration platform uh, out there. It provides the scaling that enterprise needs, the resiliency, the networking that is required for service-to-service communication and uh, support important uh, deployment methods such as the ability to do, do a blue-green deployment. So you're kind of uh, planning an upgrade and uh, you want to move your traffic uh, over uh, incrementally from the blue version to the green version. You can do that, Kubernetes, or a canary deployment, you maybe ha- have a new feature that uh, you want to try out, but uh, you just want a subset of uh, your users to try it and uh, you want to see how that goes first. Kubernetes does all of that for you. Of course, uh, both containers and Kubernetes supported agility, but agility doesn't succeed in silos, right? And uh, this is really where DevOps comes into play. DevOps is an approach to culture and a process as well as tools that helps deliver increased business value and uh, responsiveness uh, through automation and uh, rapid iterative self-service and high-quality 
service delivery uh, again uh, culture and processes just as important as the tools when it comes to devops so the short version of that uh, devops is about getting things out door quickly to end users and reliably now let me talk about devsecops so devsecops is about uh, getting things out the door quickly and reliably and securely to our end users and when you think about the scale kubernetes operates on containers and more and more enterprises are really coming to rely on kubernetes and containers for deploying their environments which will get into production you can understand why security becomes even more important as part of the process it was important that the security team must understand how containers and applications are developed and uh, deployed on kubernetes it's no longer feasible to work just in their security silo and uh, just think about best practices and policies needed to understand the tooling uh, one was using to develop application and this really has made such a big difference whoever takes that approach can make a huge difference in their ability to be successful in devops and uh, devsecops in particular right and uh, again when we think about uh, why devops and uh, devsecops so important for containers you never catch a running container in place you always uh, rebuild and redeploy so this puts an emphasis on the need to have a strong ci cd life cycle that is well controlled with as much automation as possible if a critical security vulnerability shows up in one of your running applications you need to be able to rebuild retest and redeploy as quickly as possible to protect your uh, production environment furthermore as we think about cloud native applications many of these applications are stateless they are short lived it's important that you don't rely so much on uh, traditional ap- approaches to securing a platform such as antivirus scanners or malware scanners you really want to build that security in and uh, you do that by adding security tooling and uh, process using gates into your cicd pipeline to ensure that uh, you are shifted to security as much as possible and as effectively as possible also if you are going to be agile development team is ready to deploy that suddenly actually they weren't aware of uh, security scanner and vulnerability one must really need to do that right at the beginning of that process to get that information to the development team right away when they are coding so that they can make the best decisions possible so as we continue to think about that uh, let's take another bit of a deeper look at the ci cd pipeline for containers and uh, what does it take to ship security left when we are thinking about containers there are a couple of additional elements of the container platform although honestly some of these are present in ci cd pipeline for traditional application as well but these days right containers applications are made up of a combination of uh, content some of which uh, you are uh, building yourself and the source code uh, the value add that uh, you are contributing but uh, you still need those uh, shared user space libraries that allow the container to move from dev to test to production without changing so you need a base image and uh, you need that from somewhere right so that's uh, in your external so that uh, in your external image content you need a place that uh, you can store the content that you are downloading from externally that's going to be incorporated and added to the source code that you are building so you need a registry tool ideally that uh, is available just for your organization that can store container images as i mentioned earlier you really need to think about cicd gates and there are a couple of things that are kind of obvious and traditional in that space but uh, there is also some interesting newly emerging tooling that can help so clearly a vulnerability scanner is a pretty obvious security gate so i want to scan the external images uh, for any known vulnerabilities when i download them 
I also want to scan the customized images that I'm building and uh, I want to do that early on CICD process. I need to scan my source code for any potential cross-site uh, scripting issues or uh, things along those lines. But I also, once I have uh, built my container image, there are a number of configuration information that goes uh, along with that image. Your Docker file might have things where it's uh, requesting the kind of a privilege that your containerized application requires. So adding tooling that can assess the Dockerfile configuration data can do things uh, like uh, look for hard-coded secrets in your Dockerfile uh, and uh, again you don't want to find out about that uh, late in the game. Uh, you want to find out uh, about that as soon as possible and uh, when we think about our Kubernetes you are going to have uh, deployment configurations, you are going to have config maps, those should be assessed uh, for any potential security issues. You want to be sure that when you deploy your container, you apply runtime security policies, things like uh, pod security policies or uh, an open ship to security context uh, constraints. That might limit uh, things that are requested by the security context in that uh, Docker file. And again, you want to design your pipeline with as much automation as possible so that uh, you can rebuild and redeploy quickly. And also, of course, uh, you want to be thinking about application logging and monitoring as a key part of uh, that uh, DevSecOps story. So automated unit test, that's uh, something that's usually reasonably straightforward for folks to add when they start to move into a, a more automated CI-CD pipeline. Code quality test, something like Sonacube, again, vulnerability scanning, um, Aqua, TwistLock. There are so many players in this space, lots that you can do. So be sure that you look at uh, all the stages of your pipeline and think about what are the gates that you want to have in place to ensure that you've got security built in and shipped in. So Kubernetes also changed security for the operations team, right? That model is different. Uh, Kubernetes is a complex, large system with a lot of different knobs that you can tweak. And so when you are thinking about security, the platform itself, the Kubernetes notice platform, you really want to take a look at all the different elements there as well. And there is a guidance available. CIS group Kubernetes benchmark is one of the ways that you can get guidance on how to do this. If a team is not familiar with the Kubernetes, there is a lot to get uh, up to speed on and uh, also so and uh, and so leveraging outside guidance is a great way to go and uh, in fact uh, there will be some uh, additional information available. Application configuration deployments are managed in new ways here using Kubernetes. Let us consider one example. Here comes one of the great things about uh, Kubernetes. Let's say uh, currently I have three instances running as web server. More people are ordering online so now I need to add up that to six instances of my uh, front-end web server. You can do that really easily with uh, Kubernetes, uh, but you don't know what the IP address size for those new instances. You don't know uh, which server has been deployed on because uh, they can be deployed on any host in the cluster. If uh, one of those instances goes down, Kubernetes will notice and uh, add a new one. And uh, so all of these things uh, makes containers and Kubernetes as a combination opaque to many traditional security tools. Now, we are lucky that uh, they have been around for a while and uh, so we see a lot of people who have really invested in container and Kubernetes native security. But again, when we think about security for Kubernetes, right, this is a large set of things to think about. There is a templating, there is a identity and access management, of course, uh, monitoring and alerting, auditing. Many of these things, if you think about it, are the common principles that we are used to applying uh, when we think about application and platform security, but they are done in different ways in Kubernetes environment. One thing that is particularly important when we think about DevOps and DevSecOps for Kubernetes is that really there is no one uh, 
team of engineers that can address DevSecOps for containers and Kubernetes because uh, again many of the paradigms that we're working uh, with have changed. Let's think about uh, networking for a little bit. Um, every Kubernetes platform requires a software-defined network component to support applications and services communicating with each other. Those are secured with something called uh, Kubernetes network policies. There is an additional layer that can be added on top of networking that many folks are adopting called service mesh, often implemented with the Istio. Service mesh is the platform level networking uh, used for service to service communication. All three of those uh, layers need to be managed and evaluated uh, to be sure that uh, you have effective network security. So this means the ops team, the network security team and the application architects. They are the ones who really work with the service mesh and they are the ones who understand what, how their services uh, need to communicate. They all need to work together to ensure that the right security posture is maintained for the applications and for the platforms. So when we think again uh, about securing the Kubernetes uh, infrastructure, the container application platform infrastructure, we want to think about the elements listed here, uh, right? So again, to bring out this is a complex platform. It requires a certain amount of configuration. So you need to think about the configuration and lifecycle management of uh, Kubernetes itself, as well as the applications uh, running on top of the platform. You want to think about the security for the host, the nodes that make up uh, your Kubernetes cluster. I have listed some of the questions which will run uh, on your mind. Uh, which is the best way to manage upgrades to those? Is the platform appropriately protected uh, with the identity and access management, including role-based access management? Are you securing data at rest? What encryption do you need to take advantage of? Are you securing data in transit? The communication and uh, between the master nodes in the cluster, which maintains the node state for that cluster and uh, all those uh, worker nodes. So these are some questions which will run in your mind. It's important that uh, sensitive uh, data on the master node needs to be protected by ensuring that all communication from the worker nodes to the master is always uh, encrypted in transit. HTML take care of that at the host layer for you as well as uh, things like pod security policies and security context constraints can help you to ensure that uh, no running pods or containers on your platform have access to those uh, host networks at the HTM layer. Kubernetes network policies allow you to do uh, micro segmentation. You need to configure your environment appropriately so some thought has to be given to this and uh, then of course uh, no platform is complete without uh, locking monitoring metrics and auditing compliance. And again, as you continue to kind of invest in this world, it's even more important that automation via a key part for the platform as well as uh, for your CICD pipeline. Machines or hosts uh, can be complex for the ops team to manage. So one of the things in OpenShift is uh, leveraging Kubernetes uh, operators, which allows us to extend the Kubernetes API with the application specific logic so that uh, we can automate management of the host itself or the host machines. So we have uh, machine config operators in OpenShift. We have op operators really for every component in OpenShift and the operator lifecycle uh, management component helps us to ensure that upgrades to each of these individual components is managed appropriately and there is information about uh, dependencies between operators to help manage the lifecycle of the cluster as well as uh, um, the individual components that you add. So again, really focused uh, on automated operations in OpenShift for making it easier to deploy a secure and Kubernetes cluster out of the box with all the things available. So let's take a step back and talk about how we can get started right. 
So DevOps and DevSecOps really, again, this is a process and culture changing tool. Getting the right tools help you ensure that you've got the right level of automation in place, but uh, you really need to think about people as well. You must be sure you've got a technical leadership, technical members, members who really understand the components you're working with and understand the business objectives as well. Making changes from a more traditional pipelines to DevSecOps uh, pipeline when you start with a pilot project and uh, you have an opportunity to kind of uh, define those initial sets of process and tools required as a team. You invest in that pilot that you are making progress and then you uh, iterate, right? So you don't stop just once, but uh, once you kind of feel good about getting, then uh, it's even more important that you learn lessons and uh, that you share those lessons. So some of the characters of uh, culture that are really important here, because again, you have uh, team members working with each other who have may not have in the past have worked together and uh, you know making an effort to understand where the other person is coming from. What's really effective is to have a conversation to help the development team the active team to understand what goals you're trying to achieve. Just because you have achieved one way in the past doesn't mean you're going to achieve them the same way in the future. As long as you understand each other and uh, kind of understand what the goals are so that uh, you can figure out the best solution moving forward. So the team needs to be incentive and don't be afraid to embrace experimentation failure and uh, be patient. It's interesting to explore about the whole kind of evolution of uh, Kubernetes and containers and uh, how it really fits into the DevSecOps arena. Okay, thank you. That's uh, all I had uh, prepared uh, for this session. Hope it was very informative. Uh, I would like to thank everyone for listening this episode and uh, I'm signing up. Have a great day, everybody. Please take care. Cheers. Thank you.